You're tuned in to Nerd Overload, your weekly show for video games, movies, TV shows, comics, tech news, and more. Now your hosts, Cody Pinnock, Samantha Cross, Sam Dunham, and Josh Harrison. Hey everybody, welcome to Nerd Overload, the pop and geek culture show that's burninating all the peoples. And getting dangerous. <laughs> I'm Sam. I'm Josh. We have a great show for you this week. Thank you all for tuning in. Uh, we have a bunch of news to go over, uh, plus um, a couple of uh, listener emails we're actually going to get to today. I promise we're going to get to them. <laughs> but uh, first, let's get into some things we've been checking out. And uh, Josh, I hope you have plenty to fill in because it's just the two of us and I haven't done much. Just the two of us. <laughs> I, you know, I'll, I'll take the reins on this first one because I give you some time to think of some stuff, you know. <laughs> um, well, the first thing I did was uh, it's not exactly the nerdiest thing, but uh, I went up to Mansfield and went to that uh, incarceration uh, music festival. Yeah, the tattoo music festival at the prison. Yeah, yeah. Um, actually worked the beer tent there for about four hours, and uh, it was pretty great. I um, I like people watching, and I think it's interesting to see the interesting Drunk people in the morning. Well, you know, yeah, that, that's that's part of it. There was one in particular that uh, had. Four beers before noon, I think, something like that. Goals. It was it was pretty <laughs> it was pretty crazy, but it was uh it was it took place at the um, Mansfield uh, Reformatory, so you it know, was like the, right the, there on the, the Shawshank Prison, of, the Shawshank Prison, yeah. And it was a really cool kind of setup. Neat bands. I didn't recognize a single one of them. I mean, uh, I think Lit was there later on that night. And um, funny fact, it used to, the the festival used to be called Ink and the Clink. That's what I thought, and it's owned by new people now. Yes. So they have to change the name. Uh, but no, uh, there were a couple bands there that were going to be there super late. Uh, didn't end up staying around that long because it was incredibly hot and I didn't want to stand in the sun for five hours after we got done. Oh, trust me. I know. Yeah. But uh, but no, it was fun. The only downside I had to it, there was uh, one band and I wish I can remember the name of it, but the way they had it set up, they had two stages, uh, yeah. like a smaller stage and a larger stage. And uh, they had it, all the bands like timed out for like everyone had 35 minute sets and there was a 10 minute kind of break between them to, to give people a chance to kind of walk across the lawn to get to the other stage and, you know, have the bands do their their warm up and their, their mic checks and stuff like that. And there was this one band that was doing their show and they, they were clearly a smaller band, mm-hmm. um, not from Ohio, but they were from a smaller band. They were, you know, a smaller band. And uh, they got up there and said, you know, hey, this is our last song, you know, really appreciate yeah, you know, inviting sticking us out, out. here, stick, yeah. sticking around and inviting us out here to this. And they, as soon, like as soon as they started their final song, the band that was on the major stage started their mic check. And like for their entire last, the the other band's last song, this one band did their, you know, was just going check one, two, check one, two over and over again, like purposely being a jerk about their mic checks like just to ruin just to put the screws to the other band and that's that sucks man that's just that's just a bummer that's rude yeah incredibly like where's like the professional courtesy yeah you know what just it's common courtesy you know i mean it's not asking for much like eh, golden rule yeah don't be a jerk don't don't be a dick don't be a dick that's it um but yeah but other than that it was a lot of fun again it was you know a lot of people watching and I didn't stick around for a ton of it, but got to listen to a couple of bands. But yeah, I mean, next year, I mean, definitely worth checking out. When, when I saw I the back. picture, I didn't realize you were working. Yeah, we were working. Yeah, hmm. we were we were working the uh, 
the the uh, concession, the beer the beer tent. Uh, the other thing I checked out was uh, I actually rewatched uh, Wrath of Khan over the weekend. You know, I keep thinking about it, and I as I don't. You know, I keep remembering it being super great and awesome, and it was. Don't get me wrong; it was super good, but I forgot how talky that movie is. Oh like, yeah, I always, like Khan is full of exposition. Yeah, like there's almost no action. Like it is all it's it's almost all exposition. And I mean, I listen, it's it's old Star Trek, you know what you're getting into. Yeah. Like most of the episodes of old Star Trek, if Kirk's not like fighting the Gorn or something like that, a lot of those episodes it's a lot of talking around standing around and talking. Um you mean just Star Trek in general? Yeah, Star Trek in general, but especially the original series. As long as Gene Roddenberry was involved, it was a lot of high concept, like discussions and yeah. talking, and also use, reusing like old sets, <laughs> yeah. like you know the Mobster Planet because they were doing a <laughs> some show was doing a Mobster episode, and they just had a set light left yeah. over. But uh, but no, Wrath of Khan. It's uh, interesting to go back and and rewatch it. I forgot how uh, much like a um, like a naval. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like Starfleet is like a naval thing. It's more that than like planes or mm-hmm. anything like that. Oh yeah. Um, which I I guess I always kind of knew because of the original show, but they really cranked it up. Um, that final fight between the Reliant and the uh, uh, Enterprise, it almost seemed like a submarine battle. Yeah, basically. Yeah. Uh, God, it's been so long since I've watched that. Yeah, and. Uh, Everyone is, uh, you know, either a game or at least they're most hammy. Like uh, Ricardo Montalban is like chewing the scenery and oh, it's yeah. wonderful. I still maintain that that is his real chest. <laughs> there, there have been reports that he wore a prosthetic chest under his his costume <laughs> to make him look like he had a big buff meaty chest. But I, I, I maintain that was that was one hundred percent fine rich Corinthian leather. <laughs> Uh, but, uh, but no, that's, it's, it's been interesting to go back. I, I kind of want to go back and watch the other two in like the mini trilogy of the Star Trek movies, the return of, uh, or, uh, search for Spock and voyage home, because mm. those three kind of tell, uh, a story from beginning to end because, um, cause it's the rise and the destruction of the enterprise and the, and the rebuilding of the enterprise at the end yeah, of yeah. voyage home. Uh, yeah, because, um, undiscovered country has, it's, is kind of a standalone, and uh, the one where uh, God's at the center of the universe, but he needs a spaceship, and it's not really God. Can't think of the. I thought that was the first Star Trek. No, no, that's Viger. Oh, oh. Uh... No, the one with um, Spock's half brother who yeah. embraced his emotions, uh, Sarek. Or Savik. Was... Savik. I must say, Sarek was their dad. Sarek's their dad. Savik is is his brother. The Final Frontier, right? Star Trek Five: The Final Frontier. Is it the fi- Final Frontier? What's the uh, synopsis on it? Captain Kirk and his crew must deal with Mr. Spock's long-lost half-brother. Yep, that's it. Final Frontier. Okay, interesting. Yeah, I guess I forgot that that's what it was called. But no, uh, Star Trek 2, 3, and 4 is like a one cohesive story, basically. So I kind of want to go back and, and watch the other two. I can't wait to get to uh, uh, Voyage Home, the one where they trapped in 1986. Double dumbass on you. Double dumbass on you. <laughs> yeah. Good stuff with the whales and the. Mm-hmm. Yep, they have to go back to the the past to save some whales because a probe from space is destroying the Earth because it's sending out a signal that only whales could call back to, and whales are extinct. Yep, uh, in their future. That's right. Yeah, had a had a lot of eco messages in that one. It's a, it's a weird one. Yeah, it it's is a, a weird one. It is a weird one. Did you know that the love interest in 
Voyage Home was almost um, was was originally not written as a love interest, but as a plucky sidekick from the 80s. And it was going to be played by young Eddie Murphy. Huh? Yeah. I mean, almost everybody in Hollywood that was big when we were younger Mm -hmm. did at least either an episode or a cameo in a Star Trek film. Yeah. Oh, sure. Yeah. I mean, like, seriously, you can go you can go through Star Trek is one of those like franchises that. Almost everybody has been attached at one point or well, another. Well, shoot, uh, Christopher Lloyd is the villain in uh, Search for Spock. Yeah, he's a Klingon. He's a Klingon, yeah. Uh, uh, Kelsey Grammer was like a captain or an admiral or something. Yes. He's looking... He was an admiral. Yeah. Sure. What's funny is to go back and see like actors who played bit parts in series who got major major roles in later series. Oh, sure. Like yeah. the guy who plays Tuvok in Voyager <laughs> yeah. was in one episode of Next Generation. Uh-huh. Yeah. And... Picard beat his beat his face in. Yeah. Because that's the one where the Enterprise is getting refit or something. Mm-hmm. And Picard was going to be the last one off the ship, but then he forgot his riding saddle. Something like that. I, I'll be honest, I'm a little fuzzy on and Next Gen. That's the one series I didn't watch a ton of, which is weird because that's like the best one. Next Gen was my go-to, mm-hmm. but it was like the this thing that like me and my mom did. Oh, okay. That's cool. Like, she grew up watching the original Star Trek, and so mm-hmm. I grew up watching Next Generation. I mean, I, that's, I guess that's how it was intended, really. Yeah. But yeah, that was like our thing. She loved Star Trek, and mm-hmm. so we watched Star Trek. See, that's really cool. I uh, I binged the original series in college, and uh, so that's what's most fresh in my mind. Yeah, and then I got hooked, and then I watched Deep Space Nine off and on. DS9 is, is pretty good. I need to go back and watch it as an adult, because as, yeah. as a young... as a as kind of a teenager, older kid, it like kind of bored me at times. Yeah, Sisto's crazy. Oh yeah, Sisko's yeah, he's kind of crazy. He, he's nuts. But that's like, great. Like the but the the caliber of the cast of characters on Deep Space Nine was mm. fantastic. Oh yeah. But I guess that the 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 set piece of the series made it easier to have characters who could come and go. Right, and because instead of a ship, it was, a space uh, it was a space station. It was an old Cardassian space station that, that they the Federation took over. Mm-hmm. Yep, uh, hence why everything looks so different. Right. Yeah, but you can have all these characters come and go because their ships come or go, and yeah. But then, plus, you know, a lot of like you know, next generation staples come on as regulars or at least semi regulars, mm-hmm. like Worf. Worf. Worf and, made the jump. Oh yeah, and then, <laughs> and then uh, uh, the guy who played uh, Chief O'Brien. Yeah, because he O'Brien, was because sure. he was the original chief engineer on the Enterprise, right? And then I look at then of course I watched Voyager because Voyager was fantastic. Voyager was great. Janeway's awesome. Oh yeah, Janeway's the like right up there, uh, best captains. Oh yeah, her and Picard. Oh yeah, right there. Yep. Um, I mean, listen, Captain Kirk is an iconic character in media, but he was a he was a terrible captain. He's a terrible captain. He was awful. I liked uh, Captain Kirk better when he wasn't the captain and his name was William Riker. Because yes. that's what Riker is. He's Captain Kirk without the responsibility of being the captain of a ship. Yes. If if Captain Kirk was allowed to just kind of do whatever, that's what Riker I is. I mean, don't Plus, get me wrong. he sits on chairs weird. <laughs> yeah. Um, to be fair, um, yeah, Picard got into his share of fist fights, mm-hmm. but most of the fist fighting action in The Next Generation either took place with Worf yep. or Worf getting his butt kicked. Yep. And Riker, totally double hand chopping people. Oh, yeah. I feel like the Kirk maneuver was taught in the hand to hand classes at Starfleet Academy. Mm-hmm. Oh, sure. Oh, sure. Because <laughs> everything is two hand chops. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
definitely Riker after he gets his beard because yes. that first season where beard, he doesn't beardless have... Riker is weird. Yeah, and he's also just not a good character. Well, that first season, uh, no one had their uh, character personalities quite set because he was like more like by the book and he really was. annoying. Yep, I think really after Tasha Yar was uh, killed off. Yeah, I think that's when the the series kind of made its turnaround. Yeah, yeah, still one of probably my my I would say feelsiest TV moments. Yeah, I think. Oh sure, boy, Denise Crosby must be really kicking herself. I mean, of... she's she's come back and done things here and there. Yeah, but you know, she's not getting those resid- residual Star Trek Next Gen checks like you know. Oh, like most of the other cast. Most of the other cast. I mean, yeah. Definitely not not pulling her uh, her Will Wheaton money. No, although I'm sure she's getting plenty from like cons and stuff. Well, not only but that, that's like what everybody yeah from those well, shows are doing these days. Not only that, but she's also she also did voice work for uh, Star Trek Online. Yeah, as both Tasha Yar from the past mm-hmm. slash future because it gets weird. Yeah, uh, or as her Romulan clone. Right, I can't remember the name of that character, but that's what she. That's exactly what she is, though. Mm-hmm. Um. But then I, I think um, LeVar Burton had recently did a thing mm-hmm. with voice work. I mean, at some point, they've all kind of done it. Oh, sure. Well, uh, maybe not Patrick Stewart. Honestly, I couldn't tell you. Yeah. Uh, when I did play the game real heavy, I don't remember running into Picard. Anyway, oh, geez. <laughs> we really, really went off on a Hey, there. that's great. Star Trek is great. I love Star Trek. It's like, I always hate these like nerd battles between Star Trek and like Star Wars. They're two se- totally separate. Yeah, just because they show. both have star in the title and they are uh, sci-fi epics, that doesn't make them the same. Do I you, feel like you can be a fan of both. Do you know what? Okay, this is it's it's a really kind of modern comparison, and it's and it's kind of um, uh, diminished, kind of like base level kind of comparison. Uh, but I think it works in this situation. Mac and PC. Yeah, Star yeah. Trek is Mac. Because everything is, you know, with the exception of like deep, deep Space Nine, everything is like clean lines and very like, you know, Apple OS future. And, You're not wrong. And I, I, uh, I'll take that. Star Wars is a little more, seems a little more lived in, a little more cobbled together. Uh, things just work because they work. Yeah. Well, here's the other thing is like Star Trek is the the intelligent. I want to say it's Star, Star Wars is not intelligent, but Star, Star Trek's more philosophical star trek is higher concept yes whereas star they, wars is more of a space fantasy and i and i think that a lot of that comes from star trek having roots as a tv series instead of a movie because yes. uh, you, as a series you have um much more of an opportunity to delve into uh various uh topics yes in there in the hour-long kind of yes. block instead of having a two and a half hour chunk every you know couple of years, of years yeah 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 to to tell one story like i will say this like outside of like the star trek movies mm-hmm. there is not a lot of action in star, oh, in it's, star it's, trek. A, it's almost all talking yeah yeah i mean absolutely there are yes there are some memorable battles and stuff and deep space nine definitely gets there toward the end with the dominion war sure uh but other than that it's not a lot it's i mean heck almost every bad guy in an episode of star trek was a ship floating in front of the other one a lot of banter, and then maybe a shot or two, and then the other guy blows up. Yeah, that's that's uh, that's Star Trek in a nutshell. Mm-hmm. Versus Star Wars, which had a lot of more World War Two esque squadron fighting, and mm-hmm. then you had the whole space magic, space swords, space knights battles. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're two different things. Like I feel like these people who hate on one or hate on the other, 
I, I feel like you're doing yourself a disservice. Sure. Oh yeah, absolutely. Th- there are they're, they're apples and oranges. Exactly. Just I mean, because they're both set in space, I, it's it would be like making a, the same comparison with Battlestar Galactica. It's oh yeah, it's different. I mean, Completely. just because it's set in space and it has spaceships doesn't mean like those three mate series are just complete opposites of each other. Or Babylon Nine. Babylon Nine. Yeah. Or Babylon Five. Yeah, five. Yeah, I yeah, say yeah. nine. I don't, I don't know. know why I said nine. Uh, you've said seven of nine. Mm. Yeah. Seven of nine. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> but we can all agree Farscape is pretty great. Dude, I love Farscape. Like, <laughs> I feel like it doesn't get enough love. It, it really... It doesn't. You know what? Uh, I mean, for people who maybe not know what Farscape was, or, you know, you're one, you really need to, like, go check it out because it was fantastic. Sure. It was a sci-fi series, sci-fi channel series. Mm-hmm. Back when Sci-Fi Channel was amazing, with the Jim Henson Production Company, yes, making a space epic TV series mm-hmm. where a pilot from or an astronaut slash pilot from Earth goes through a wormhole because they're testing wormhole technology or something, mm-hmm. and flung to the other side of the galaxy, something like that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he it, so far away that humans are not, are unknown of Earth is no concept, mm-hmm. and it's all just. Really, really awesome alien designs, really interesting spaceship stuff, Mm -hmm. fighting a super militaristic humanoid uh, regime. Yeah, yeah. (sighs) So good. Oh, my Lord. Who's your favorite character? Uh, Aaron Soon. She is really good. She's great. Uh, Cal Drago. Claudia Black is awesome. She's a great actress. Cal Drago is my favorite. Yeah, sure. But but also, he was the the most Worf-like. Of course, yeah. He is is Worf. God, I can't think of the 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 puppet's name, but the puppet oh, was pretty great too. Rigel, Rigel, yeah, he's pretty good. <laughs> the the deposed monarch, uh huh, yeah, of a frog like species. Yep. Although you know what, I would almost compare Farscape to Firefly instead of like Star Trek or Star Wars. It is I, more similar that way. I would say it's definitely more um, kind of analogous with that. Yeah, yeah, because they're they're one, they're constantly on the run. Mm-hmm. They're constantly. Trying B- to avoid band of misfits. They are a band of misfits because they're all prisoners mm-hmm. who break out. Yep. And then they, you know, they're always trying to avoid the space Nazis, basically. Basically. Yeah. God, man, that show is so good. So good. And that ran for six seasons, something like that. It lasted a long time. Yeah, and like on top of the the the, the, the it just being fun, there was a lot of practical effects. The makeup effects were amazing, mm-hmm. and they had a lot of really interesting. Alien designs. Oh, Jim Henson. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, that was that was uh, Farscape was partially Brian Henson's uh, brainchild. Yeah. Like, he was a partial creator of it, which is awesome. I mean, and don't get me wrong. I mean, yeah, Star Trek has had some interesting alien designs, but they're humans with stuff, stuff glued to their faces. Glued to their faces. I mean, old Star Trek had a lot more weird stuff in it. Sure. But as the series went on, it became more and more just fighting humanoids with prosthetics. Yeah, and I mean. Old Star Trek is a lot of people just with body paint. You remember True. Frank Gorshin? Oh, yeah. Half black and half white? That series, that, that episode. I will say this yeah. about Star Trek, like on a cultural level. Mm-hmm. Gene Ronberry really pushed things about having political messages without hammering you in the head with it. In a way, That's because the other writers were kind of dialing him back. Well, true. Gene Rod- Ronberry had some pretty... Not saying that he was wrong, but he had some pretty wild ideas about an awful lot of things. Yeah, yeah. Like, I think one of my favorite Star Trek stories, though, is um, when Hora. Um, oh, Nichelle Nichols. Yes, when Nichelle Nichols had contemplated quitting the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, she got a phone call 
from Martin Luther King mm-hmm. saying, hey, you are a beacon to young African-American people out there mm-hmm. as a ma- as a main character in this show. I mean... She was breaking new ground. Yeah. It's like, don't sell yourself short on this. Yeah. I mean, Whoopi Goldberg was talking, because I was watching this thing. It was like, it was a... It was like a special on like um, the impact of Star Trek on Americana. I think I've seen something. So I think I've seen the same thing. And Whoopi Goldberg was talking about when she was a kid watching mm-hmm. Star Trek. And she's like, mommy, mommy, there's a black lady on this show and she's not a maid. Yeah. You know what? Exactly. Man, I could honestly, I could feel like I could feel like I could talk, we could talk about the like the dichotomies of sci-fi like we, yeah, we, forever. Mm-hmm. We could sit here and talk about this for a long time. Part of me feels like I feel kind of sad that like the fantasy genre really doesn't have anything like that per se. Not really. I mean, don't get me wrong. There are some great fantasy dramas and fantasy like epics out there, but but then again, a lot of a lot of fantasy honestly is a bunch of white dudes. You're not wrong. You know, you have elves and dwarves, but yeah. But then you've got like you know. Look, look at the line, the cast lineup for Lord of the Rings. Oh, I know. Take away their um, the, race, the, their their fantasy their races. fantasy races. What are they? It's a bunch of middle aged white dudes. Oh man. Okay. Did you did you watch the SNL when um? The answer is going to be no. No, no, no. Well, okay. I was going to say when Solo was coming out and uh, uh, Donald Glover was on. Um, mm-hmm. as, as he played Lando. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> and he had like this skit where he was like. It was like the space African American like league or something like that. It was like there's like four black people in all of space or something like that. Yeah, uh, which yeah, I mean it's Star Star Wars. Unfortunately, that's about right. Yeah. All right. Well, hey, listen, this has been Trek talk. <laughs> this uh, is true. Yeah, we've uh, we've actually hit time for this first break. So let's go ahead and take a break here, and when we come back, we'll uh, get into a. Uh, a little bit of news. We'll talk about some other stuff. Why yeah. not? Yeah, of course, because I didn't check out anything. You, there you go. Perfect. In the middle of the earth, in the land of Shire, lives a brave little hobbit whom we all admire. With his long wooden pipe, fuzzy woolly toes, he lives in a hobbit hole and everybody knows him, Bilbo. Bilbo Baggins is only three feet tall. Bilbo, Bilbo Baggins, the bravest little hobbit of them all. Now hobbits are peace-loving folks, you know. They're never in a hurry and they take things slow. They don't like to travel away from home. They just like to eat and be left alone. But one day Bilbo was asked to go on a big adventure to the caves below to help some dwarves get back their gold that was stolen by a dragon in the days of old Bilbo. Bilbo Baggins, only three feet tall. Bilbo, Bilbo Baggins, the bravest little hobbit of them all. Well, he fought with the goblins. He battled a troll, he riddled with Gollum, a magic ring he stole. He was chased by wolves, lost in the forest, escaped in a barrel from the Elf King's halls. Bilbo, Bilbo Baggins, the bravest little hobbit of them all. Back in 
in his home in the land of Shire, that brave little hobbit whom we all admire, just sitting on a treasure of silver and gold, puffing on his pipe in his hobbit ho ho, Bilbo, Bilbo Baggins, he's only three feet tall, Bilbo, Bilbo Baggins, the bravest little hobbit of them all, Bilbo. Hey, we're back. That was The Legend of Bilbo Baggins, performed by Leonard Nimoy. We figured that was a good uh, a good track because we just wrapped up like almost 20 minutes of Star <laughs> Trek talk and also Lord of the Rings. So, you know, it, it fits. I think it fits. Did you ever watch the old Lord of the Rings and Hobbit cartoons? Yes, the Ralph Bakshi ones? Yes. Oh, yeah. They're they're not bad. They're not. Man, yeah. they're, they're cheesy, though. <laughs> oh, yeah. They're, they're crazy. But the animation's really good. Yeah. Yeah. I like Ralph Bakshi's art. Yeah. I'm, I'm a sucker for that. It's very good. It yeah. is very good. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay. Oh. Sorry. Like who? Like who do you think your your favorite animator? Like animation, I guess style. I like Bakshi's art, um, especially in some of his later stuff. Um, I like uh, Getty Tartakovsky. I mean, of course, like the uh, Clone Wars stuff. But I mean, even and Samurai Jack. But I mean, even uh, Dexter's Lab. I like the the kind of angular designs on that. Oh yeah, everything's very um, pointy. Yeah, I really enjoy. Uh, I don't know. I I don't mind the Steven Universe style. I I blow hot and cold with the Steven Universe style. I kind of wish it at points. I wish it was a little more realistic, just a touch, especially these later seasons because the the uh, storylines have gotten significantly more serious, mm-hmm. and I and I wish the animation would kind of it kind of has a little bit a little bit it has a little bit yeah i'm thinking i wish it would have evolved a little more like the teen titans cartoon where the first couple seasons were very like they had those like weird anime kind of interstitials and by the end of the series it was less of that it was basically bruce tim speaking of which bruce tim animation i love I think we yeah with mm-hmm. Bruce Tim that was definitely us growing up on that one and and great because he did everything when we were younger yeah if it was DC and animated mm-hmm. that was him that upside down triangle style yeah yeah everyone everyone's built like a upside down triangle yep sure you know I'm sure there are, are many many more that I can't that I'm not thinking of Chuck uh, Chuck Jones old old Looney Tunes love it I I like going back and watching like um like Chuck Jones like Tom and Jerry I I don't like Tom and Jerry. I don't care for Tom and Jerry either, but the animation's I, good. But I don't like I, I'm I much prefer the old Looney Tunes with uh, uh especially when uh Chuck Jones does Daffy Duck. Yes, I think because Daffy is way more animated than Bugs Bunny. Bugs Bunny's cool. Daffy Duck has no chill. Yeah, and that leads yeah. to more uh, physical comedy and more kind of animated yeah. kind of situations, and I like that a lot more. Yeah, it's, yeah, completely understandable. Mm. Let's see here. Other than the House of Mouse Renaissance era, I was never I was never a big. But then again, it, that's that's more of a bias against the characters instead of the animation. You're not style. wrong. You're not wrong. Yeah. Um. And also, there was that whole laziness, especially there in the '70s, where they were reusing a lot of stuff mm-hmm. between like Robin Hood and Jungle Book and mm-hmm. things like that. I will say that while I enjoy the uh, storylines and things for like the uh, '90s uh, Disney Saturday morning cartoons and after school stuff. Uh, the animation style is, looks very samey to me. And You're not wrong. All, it all looks same style, and it kind of gets boring after I a while. I think the only time you kind of get away from that is maybe with Gargoyles. Cause it was Gargoyles. Co- because it was a completely different beast. Gargoyles was as close to the Bruce Timm style as they got. It was definitely their attempt at making a serious action animated series. Yep, 
absolutely. Anyway, let's see here. Um, I really like Don Bluth. Yep, Don Bluth is well. Yeah, I like uh, Don Bluth with an asterisk. Uh, he yeah. draws all dudes the same. You're not wrong. You are not. <laughs> they you all are have the wrong. same bait face, the same build. It's just different hair. I mean, also, but if you get to it, except for the guy from uh, Dragon's Lair. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, because uh, he had Dirk the Daring. Because it's the Don Bluth male character with a big nose. Yeah, that's that's it. <laughs> oh man, good stuff. I love animation. Mm-hmm. I'm, oh yeah, I'm a huge like people like kind of make fun of me at work sometimes like for the amount of like cartoons and anime things I watch. And I'm like, you don't understand. This isn't just like I like watching cartoons. Is I love it from an artistic standpoint. Oh, sure, yeah. And I like to think I have a very broad spectrum of things that I like. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I'm the, I'm the same way. I mean, yeah, on the basis of it, it's like, oh, yeah, you're an adult who likes cartoons. But no, if you can appreciate the, the animation style and the kind of stylistic choices that are made within the medium, I think, as, as the same with comic book. Uh, oh, yeah, definitely. You know, art, you know. Um, just because not every comic book looks the same. It's no, you're, and you're, you are you are completely art. right. Mm-hmm. Uh, Speaking of animation, yes. we actually have a couple of uh, animated series kind of news bits. We're not going to d- delve too deep into them because I kind of want Cody to be here for this discussion as well. But it we, is some good stuff. But this is uh, fresh off, like, this is this week. Like, this is fresh news, so we got to at least mention it. Mm-hmm. First things first, um, Netflix has announced a new She-Ra, the, Princess of Power, the Princesses of Power TV series or um, Netflix series that they're going to be doing. It's animated. Um, it looks like it's a reboot of the, uh, the He-Man yes. spinoff. And uh, there's no trailer. There's only been four like still images of the animation. With she new outfit. With she new o- outfit and new designs for a lot of the characters, including um, uh, old characters from the original series like Bo, the the weird dude with the half shirt. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, but, but also some new characters that I don't, I'm, I'm sure there are names of, but I don't know them off the top of my head along with the new design for she which I think is really cool. They aged her down a little bit. She's more of a, um, uh, teen, uh, so and more she's, like a, like a star butterfly versus the forces of evil kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I, th- along with that redesign, there have been a lot of people online that have been kind of had some really, Strong opinions. Strong opinions about it because it doesn't look exactly one for one copy like the original series, and it's open to interpretation. Art changes people. Art changes. Um, that was my whole point of my discussion with animation studios or animate animators. I should get part of aging down the character means that they had to have changed the costume. Yeah, I mean, the costume changes. They basically gave her bike shorts yeah. underneath her her skirt, and she doesn't have a cleavage shirt. Yeah. She doesn't have a shirt that has, you know, big old cleavage on it. Yeah. She has kind of a high collar kind of thing. That's it. Color scheme is the same. The The gold bracers, the gold, ac- gold accents are the same. The headpiece is the same. It's pretty much the same thing. She's just aged down a little bit. And I Which think, I think makes her more inclusive to younger audiences. Absolutely. And I think the I think this design is really strong. I think it's uh, uh, really modern while still harkening back to the original design. I just, it, it all goes back to the to the argument that I have that, just because something is new and different means it absolutely has to be for you. If you don't like something and it's a remake of like a, a show like yeah. Thundercats, like She-Ra, like, yeah, I know the new Voltron has gotten some rave reviews, but I remember when that first hit, there were a lot of people complaining about the new Voltron and how it looked. The designs do look completely different. <laughs> you know what? Just because there are new bits of media doesn't mean they automatically erase your old media, your old media from existence. Go back and watch your old stuff. That's all you got to do. Have fun with that. We'll yeah. get into that later. And if you don't like something, vote with your dollar. Yeah. Don't buy the toys. 
don't watch the show because that's exactly that's the best way to send a message to people not saying you should do that with Shira because it looks great. I'll probably but... watch at least the first episode to get a feel for it. Oh, I will too. I absolutely will. Uh, and I don't have, I have no nostalgia for She-Ra. I really don't have much of a nostalgia for He-Man. That was before my time. Like I've watched, I've watched every episode of He-Man and She-Ra in rerun off DVDs out I of ha- order. I have, I have something at home. What do I have? I have Is it the Christmas of, episode? I don't know. It's some kind of He-Man, She-Ra like, like together thing. Um, because they had the the Christmas episode and the uh, um, She-Ra was a backdoor pilot from the He-Man cartoon. That was a two part, two or three part miniseries that introduced those characters. Oh my God, She-Ra is He-Man Xena. Oh, absolutely. But also, 100%. I enjoyed Xena way more than I did Hercules. Oh, without a doubt. <laughs> yeah. So I don't want to get into to that yeah, too yeah, much yeah, more yeah. because you know I know Cody's going to have opinions on it. Um, I mean, heck, I've got opinions, but oh sure, I, I really like to have a third voice the, in there. Yeah, I think when we have a little more time to de- to uh, devote to it, I think we need to get into it. The other bit of animation is um, there's a new cartoon coming out on uh, Disney XD. on Disney XD called Marvel Rising Secret Warriors, which is a super team of Marvel characters that are kind of younger, kind of um, teenage or early twenties characters mm-hmm. that are. Um, maybe not as well known to the public. They're Although, pretty big in the comics right they're now. They're pretty big in the comics right now, but they're, they're maybe not like, for people who only know the, you know, Avengers movies. Yes, or this is true. That, that sort of thing. I will say this. Mm-hmm. Disney XD has been a great home for Marvel animated series. Uh, yes, I'll give you that. I will. Not s- all of them have been great. No, and the animation on this show looks perfectly passable. Yes. Uh, Marvel animation, unlike DC, Marvel animation is very spotty. It's hit and miss. It's yes. incredibly hit and miss. Uh, it's yeah, but this one looks perfectly passable. I mean, it, it looks, looks like fine. the same vein of their Avengers: Earth's Mightiest Heroes animated series they've had. Eh, not really, because the Earth's Mighty Avengers looks more like Bruce Tim. Does it? Yeah. I I go back. Really, go I, back and watch some of that. I it's, haven't really watched a lot of it. It looks. A, I it's, did it's watch. More, a, it's a lot more angular. This is a little more rounded. I did watch a lot of Ultimate Spider-Man though. Yeah. Yeah. This is this is a little more like on Ultimate Spider-Man yeah. really. Anyway, um, but the focus is on Miss Marvel, Miss Marvel, Kamala Khan, mm-hmm. uh, and um, Squirrel Girl. Yes, and Squirrel Girl, and I love Squirrel Girl's design. Oh yeah, that's well, that's the first design from this new uh, comic run. Yes. The the Ryan North and uh, Erica Henderson redesign. Yeah, I think it's great. Um, they also are the show's also going to feature um, Patriot, who was from Young Avengers. That's uh, Isaiah right. Bradley's uh, I grandson. Who, I thought that's who that was. That's who that is. Um, uh, Gwen Stacy, who is getting her new code name, which she's also getting in the comics, Ghost Spider, which I think is really clunky. Yes, but um, but obviously she can't go running around calling herself Spider Woman or Spider Gwen. Yes, because that's also kind of weird and clunky and kind of breaks the fourth wall a little bit. Yeah, but Ghost Spider doesn't roll off the tongue like Spider Gwen or Spider Woman. I mean, to be fair, the good Spider themed names are taken. They really are Silk, yeah, Spider Girl. Mm-hmm. There's already a Spider Woman. Yeah, uh, I mean, I shoot, love the uh, Silk books. They're really shoot, good. Aranya is more of as a is a better spider-esque <laughs> name than ghost spider, but yeah, I think it's the hard consonant at the end of ghost. Probably. Probably. Yeah. I think that doesn't help it. Um, there, was, am, there were some other characters in that trailer, but I can't think of them off the top of my well, head. Well, most of those were her, um, her, uh, um, bandmates. Her, yeah. The Gwen and the Stacy's. Yeah. Yeah. Which makes me wonder 
No, it was the Mary Janes. Oh, yeah, the, the yes, band yeah, is called right, the Mary Janes. That's right. That's right. The Mary Janes. Which, by the way, that series ends like next week. Uh, until it starts the until it starts the new one, the Good the, Spider, the Gwen. They're calling it the the Gwimageddon or something like that. Something like that. Which makes me really wonder, and it really breaks my heart if they're this is what they're doing mm-hmm. in the comics anyway. If they're killing her universe to bring her into the main universe, mm. like they did with the Ultimates, probably. Which really sucks because I liked her universe. I liked yeah. the fact that she was separate. Yeah, I mean, she I wasn't even that completely separate because there were lots of comic book caveats where she could cross over. Sure, absolutely. Um, but she was the only thing that really stuck out with the whole Spider-Verse thing. I mean, I loved Japanese Spider-Man with his giant robot Leopardon, but that's me. And again, there was Spider-Punk and Spider-Man India mm-hmm. and all, you know, Spider-Man UK who was just Captain, Captain Britain, Britain in a Spider-Man costume. Yeah. Uh, Uncle uh, Squider Ben or Sp- Squider. Jeez. Squider Ben. Squ- Spider Ben. Yeah. Be- uh, yeah. Ben Parker as the uh, Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. Anyway, um, yeah. this cartoon looks good. They they did have a trailer for it. I'm sure there's going to be there's more during not San Diego a lot Comic-Con. of information on it. We're going to have more next week. Oh, I, definitely. Gu- I guarantee we're going to have so much more news. We're going to have way too much news next week. We'll probably have a few shows worth of news. Because listen, San Diego Comic-Con is going on right now. So there's probably a ton of news that we're missing, but we're recording this show early, and so we can't actually report on anything yeah. yet. So we're, we're going to get our heads literally kicked in with movie trailers. I'm just oh, telling you that right now. It's, you know what? There's probably going to be enough to where we won't even need to check it out next week. We're probably oh, just going to go all trailers. I know. I know. Anyway, um, we have one more thing I want to mention before we get into our emails. So Homestar Runner. Yeah, we remember uh, that, right? Re- yeah. Remember Homestar Runner? Everybody does. Everybody, everybody. Everybody, everybody. Um, so they're, uh, kickstarting a board game based on their popular character, Trogdor the Burninator, the, uh, dragon with a big beefy arm and the, one of the best, one of the best episodes of strong bad emails Mm -hmm. ever. Oh yeah. It's definitely the, the, the go-to. Yep. I mean, heck there was a Trogdor song on Guitar Hero Mm three. If that's now granted. The the big popularity of Homestar Runner was in two thousand two. Oh yeah. So I yeah, mean. Th- yeah. But I mean, uh, people who were in junior high and high school when that show was popular, we're online, super big into it. That's us. Yeah. Um, we're now in our thirties and can afford a Kickstarter where we kickstart a board game based off of it. Uh, the game looks a lot looks like a lot of fun. The uh, backer video. Was it's hilarious. hilarious. I loved it. It was basically an episode. And did you see? There's also um, a next another video that explains the rules of the game that uh, Strong Sad does on a fake uh, board game review uh, YouTube oh, I didn't video. Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah. It's a. Uh, it's pretty good. And I hope they make all the money in the world with this. I hope it gets. I mean, it's already it's already funded like three times over by now. But I hope they make so much more because not only will it mean that. You know we're gonna get this super awesome board game. I know I'm gonna back it because one, I think it's it, one great. it looks awesome too. Mm. It looks very simple enough that anyone can pick it up and yep. play it. And the other thing is, it'll show the brothers chaps that there is enough of a. Of oh, the fans are still out here. Yeah, the fans are still there. Maybe they'll start doing more cartoons again. I know they've been busy with like their um, professional projects. Professional projects, uh, like two more eggs, and like a lot of the like being writers for the Aquabets Super Show. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. Like, Gravity Falls. I think um, Matt Chapman was a writer on Gravity Falls he was. for a couple of episodes. He was. Man, that was a. You know what I'm talking about? Anime series. I love that show right there. Yeah, yeah, definitely. But unfortunately, yeah, I know, I know, we, I know. We Keep can't going get into it. But uh, but no. Um, so I I encourage people to go out and try to find the Kickstarter 
for this Trogdor game. If you if you watch the video and like what you see, go to go to homestarrunner.com. Get it. I mean, it's good. And yeah, go to homestarrunner.com. Go look up some of their old videos. It's great. They're they're slowly in the process of transferring all the old uh, emails to uh, YouTube. Mm. Which I think is good because Flash is on its last leg. Oh, definitely. Like, they, even, hell, they even did a video about how Flash was dying. Yeah, pretty much. But no, um, I am kind of surprised they got into bed with Wormwood, the, the high-end wood gaming company. You know, I'm not surprised, and I'll tell you why. Because Wormwood is probably run by a bunch of 30-somethings who remember Homestar Runner from when they were in junior high and high school. Probably. Listen, everybody, everybody knew Homestar Runner. There are people who don't care about any of this stuff that knew Homestar Runner. If, they, if you were of that certain age. I mean, I do have my cheat hoodie. Oh, I still have my host, my star shirt. Anyway, um, to wrap up the show, we actually are going to uh, talk a little bit about some emails that we received. We actually received a handful of emails from uh, one of our listeners, Gary. Thank you very much for emailing in. Um, you can always email us in at staff at nerdoverload.com. We've kind of been sitting on a couple of these, and I apologize for that. Um, we're not going to read the entirety of the emails, uh, but we just kind of wanted to go over some of the questions he had for us, uh, some of the highlights. His first email asked us to kind of define what's the difference between nerds and geeks and dorks and what would we describe ourselves as. Yeah, yeah. And it's a, it's a really interesting question. Um, it definitely gets more kind of into lexicon territory. It does. It does. I, I've always kind of seen nerd and geek as kind of a term of endearment, while dork is a little bit more of a derogatory term. And even then, it's even losing that. It's, it's losing that, for sure. But I, nerd and geek, I think, are kind of... I don't want to say syn- they're... They're not synonymous, but they're getting close. But they're pretty close. Well, I feel like... I, I, I think I might have saw something where Simon Pegg or... What's in trouble right now? Um, <laughs> Take your pick. No. Oh, Chris Hardwick. Yes, there we go. Chris Hardwick. I feel like... The distinction between nerds and geeks are to a very base level. Mm-hmm. Geeks are people who are very enthusiastic about a particular thing, mm-hmm. like either a franchise, a character, something they are, they dedicate their lives to. Like, say you would be like a Power Ranger Sentai geek, hmm. whereas a nerd is more somebody who is more technical. And you know what? I would almost um, reverse that. Really? Honestly. Yeah. Uh, I would almost say that geek is more of a broad term for like, uh, you could be a sports geek. Like I said, somebody who's very enthusiastic about something. True. Okay. That's true. That's what I was saying. That's true. Um, yeah. I guess nerds are a little more technical and kind of drill down a little more when it comes to their uh, specific I mean, like, areas of like expertise. Nerds are more like, you know, like um, maybe really technical with computers, um, true. softwares. You know things like that. True. I guess I guess nerd does kind of encompass more of a more technology into their uh, kind of sphere of influence, but uh, it doesn't mean that they don't geek out. Ge- yeah, they're they're not nerdy about. You yeah, know, like I said, I'll, uh, comics I, and games. I and feel stuff like, like that. if there's like a Venn diagram, we're kind of like mm-hmm. all there. Oh yeah, we're all there. I mean, it all it all kind of fits there. And uh, you know, to answer the question, why we're nerd overload and not geek overload? Honest truth is. Nerd Overload was the URL for the website that we can get for cheaper than Geek Overload. <laughs> that is the only reason. Also, to tell you the truth, uh, Nerd Overload sounds better than Geek Overload. Yeah. In a parallel universe, uh, we would have been called Geekzilla. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Honestly, that was that was part of or pull, the, or, pulling back the curtain a little bit. 
Or the Pizza Extreme team that went longer. Well, well, <laughs> it's just a bad name. <laughs> anyway, uh, that's I. I know we probably that's probably about as clear as mud yeah. describing that. But I mean, I think in our um, in our particular case, geek and nerd is pretty synonymous. Um, again, I've always seen dork as a little more um, uh, negative, but not so much. But I mean, remember a time? Remember there. a time when we were younger? Nerd was super negative. Oh God, yeah. Like we were getting beat up and called nerds. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we, I mean, we kind of took it back. Yeah. And I feel like dorks kind of the same way. I feel like dorks getting there. I feel like dork is more like um, kind of a other geek friends calling each other like you know like a goofball or something. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I. I, I guess. Um, okay. So the next thing in the emails that we received. He had some questions about. Uh, we talked about uh, Star Trek. Uh, was it Star Trek shows. Discovery? Uh, we were talking it, about it, Discovery, and there was also um, some four proposed uh, Star Trek TV series that are going to be greenlit here in the next year or so. And uh, one of them uh, was potential like show that took place that takes place between uh, original series and next gen. I think on the episode that we discussed it, we even talked about it might be animated. Which I think would be really great. Was this the one where Patrick Stewart was tapped? Yes. Okay, okay, okay. Yes, like the young adventures of Captain Picard or something like that. Or maybe even before he's Captain Picard. Yeah. Yeah. When he like was first a, first when he, officer Picard when or he was like, a, when he was a science officer. Oh, he was a science officer. That's right that's right. He was a science officer, wasn't yes. he? Yes. That's right. That's right. But yes, I um I I mean I don't really have too much to add to that, but uh yeah, I think a show that would take place kind of in between those two would be great because it's one of the areas of Star Trek that we haven't covered yet. We've covered pre-original series with uh, Discovery and Enterprise. Enterprise. We've covered like all the way at the opposite end of the spectrum with... Um, the new movies. The new movies and that, with... Because that pretty much caps off the the prime timeline. Basically. But yeah, I think, I think at this point, uh, series that kind of fill in the gaps between the major series is where the bread and butter is. And if you're going to do that between original and next gen is like the best place to do it. I almost feel like now, Grant, I could be wrong and it might not be popular at all, but almost maybe something in the Star Trek universe that maybe doesn't necessarily have to do with a Federation ship. That would be cool. Yeah. I'm not not saying you have to get away from humans, but maybe somebody who is not particularly part of the, the Federation proper military. Yeah, I, I mean, guess I, I understand the Federation is a huge entity, uh, but it feels like all we ever see is like you know science vessels I, and ex- exploration vessels. I agree. Um, I wouldn't want to see like a show about Klingons because I don't think there's enough there. There's not. I, I mean, mean, how many episodes of a show can you go? I like to fight. I mean, like I'd one wa- or two. I mean, I'd watch it, but I also I mean, like one I, or two. Episodes, but I also love but, Klingons. But it would get boring after a while because they, oh, I could definitely tell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, we do get a lot of Klingon lore within Next Generation itself. Klingons are like the Hulk and the Avengers movies. They're good, but not by themselves. Exactly. They're great when they're in supplement to other characters and other ideas. Yes. Yep. You're not wrong. Okay. Uh, we got to keep moving here. So the next thing, uh, and we're we're just touching on the major things. Uh, um, our take on things. Yeah, our take on things. He had a bunch of other things to say in the email. And again... Um, we really appreciate the emails. Keep them coming. I, we really do. Um, he mentioned something about uh, if we've ever um, encountered caddy nerds. And I uh, took me a minute to kind of try to understand what he was talking about. But I think the best way to describe it would be like the the kind of folks that are um, 
really overly protective and overly, overly matter like, of factly matter of fact about their thing um, their particular thing um a lot of times you'll see the term um actually kind of associated with that because you have um nerds that are uh, so drilled down on their one thing that any kind of um, it's almost like nerd mansplaining yes that's exactly what it is you know what you can't be in this in this fan in any kind of fandom and not run into that unfortunately oh, yeah, yeah it's it's rampant everywhere and with uh, the proliferation of the internet it's only gotten worse or louder it's worse and louder well the internet makes uh, things more visible it it's like a megaphone it amplifies everything yes. so you're so you're always going to run into it the best thing that i could say when it comes to that sort of stuff is uh try to be mindful when you're when you're uh um uh, talking about things that you're really passionate about because there is a very, 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 very fine line between being enthusiastic and wanting to share knowledge about something that you are passionate about and being overly explaining uh, and uh, being a real jerk about it. Being a tool. Be yeah. Yeah. It's it's a very difficult fine line to kind of cross. And, you know, it's something that we all struggle with. I, yeah. I struggle with it. There's I mean, some I, things I that try. I try. Yeah. I mean, there are times I like I'll explain something and I... I'm trying not to talk down to the person, mm -hmm. uh, but sometimes I wonder maybe if I come off the wrong way. See the same the same thing. I uh, I catch myself every once in a while, and I I sometimes find myself actually holding back from explaining things at times because I worry that I it's it's very easy to slip into that. Well, um, actually, this is exactly what it is, and this is this and this and this and this and this is what you've gotten wrong, and you know how did you not get this or that? It's very difficult and. Not to come off sounding like that, yeah, yeah, but it's very difficult to uh, to walk that fine line of being enthusiastic also, without being a jerk. And I'll, I've noticed the notice in this: some sectors of the nerd culture mm -hmm. are very hard to identify with. Yes, because they make us all look bad. We've had multiple instances in the past through Gamergate and other <sighs> yes. events that yes. um, I don't want to get into Gamergate right no, now. No, no, that's, no. I'm just using that as an example. But like, yes, <sighs> there is um, a very rampant, a small yet very loud corner of the internet in geekdom and fandom where um, they're, um, people are afraid of diversity and people are afraid of... Basically, they've had... Um, you know, 30, 40 years of characters that look like them, middle-aged white guys. And now that um, we're getting a, a, a wider diversity of content creators and therefore a wider diversity of characters, characters. in their fandom, their uh, natural um, knee-jerk reaction is to get mad and shout people down. And that is absolutely the worst thing people can do. I, it, honestly, a lot of times, and it, I know it's a very small section of the internet. But I know it's the loudest. It's the loudest. And it's my fault. I get dialed into this stuff. I end up looking at this stuff because, you know, we, we have to be connected for the show. Yeah. Uh, and I like to stay connected in, in daily life for with geek, uh, geek culture stuff. And uh, reading some of the uh, hot takes. Well, like the, the She-Ra costume thing. Yeah. It's something that it's it's a minor, minor thing. And it's like a ma minor change. And it's a change for the better as far as I'm concerned. But there's so much like negativity that about something as simple as a minor costume change to like hide a little bit of cleavage from a teenage character that it makes me embarrassed to be 
uh, part of uh, various fandoms, and it makes me embarrassed to be a geek at times. Oh yeah, and um, it makes me kind of it. I've said it on the show before. Fandom's a mistake. <laughs> uh, you know, it really is. Like it's, or like when people lost their mind, the fact that the new Doctor is going to be a woman. Yeah, that's all. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's like I understand. We probably sound off like we're to, to probably to some people we sound like these feminist Bible beaters and whatnot. But I like to feel like we are championing change. Here's the thing. If something is not good on like a technical level, then I will say it's not good on a technical oh, level. Oh yeah. Like I'm not going to automatically say it's good because say of that this. If, if the new doctor who comes, if the new uh, doctor who episodes come out with the female doctor and they're hot garbage on a plate. If the episodes make no sense and they're like uh, community theater level acting and stuff like that, I'll say these episodes aren't good. The oh, yeah. storylines are not good. Like, but I, to, to automatically go, this is not a male Doctor Who, therefore I don't like it, is wrong. Yeah. Give it a chance. Yeah. Give it a what, chance. What's like, <laughs> that's like when Capaldi first, his first couple episodes, mm-hmm. I was extremely nervous because they weren't good. Right. But then they got better. Yeah. And uh, what it comes down to is, I mean, I can't believe that it that in this day and age, we have to have this discussion. All the time. All the time. Like, give things a chance. You know, give things a fair shake. Things change. And a it's, lot of times, things go back the way they that, were. Is that so difficult? I like, mean, it's not rocket science. No. Or rocket surgery, know. for that matter. Yeah. Okay, and the this actually, you know, kind of goes actually, into this list. We're gonna, yeah, the last thing uh, actually kind of ties into, actually very much ties into it. Um, he had a, a comment about the uh, the Thundercats Roar uh, cartoon series that we talked about a few weeks ago, mm-hmm. um, and I just wanted to kind of bring up. I think he got our point uh, confused on it. Uh, I think he thought that we were arguing against the um, change. The change that is definitely not what we were doing. Um, um, I know we get a little heated on the show when it comes to this kind of stuff, um, but uh, like we were discussing before with that sort of thing, uh, change is good, and I'm willing, and I definitely am holding out uh, judgment on any media until I actually see it yeah. in in action. Um, it's, it's like he brought up the fact of looking at things through rose tinted glasses. Sure, yeah, uh, and yes, I feel a lot of people do. They mm-hmm. get so attached to a certain thing. That they can't see the forest for the trees. Yep. Like we talked about old animated series and how bad they are. Oh, yeah. Because they're bad. It is perfectly acceptable to have a large affinity for an old piece of media and objectively say that it is not as good as you remember. Like, I love Transformers. Show's not good. I I grew (laughs) up on it. Oh, yeah. I own the entire series on DVD. It's drawn like garbage. There are so many color problems, reused scenes, bad mouth work. G.I. Joe's the same way. Because they're all made by the same people. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, all Sumbo. Sumbo animation was not good. No, it wasn't. <laughs> it really wasn't. And you know what? That was Marvel. Sumbo was Marvel. Yeah. Which is kind of crazy to think about. But yeah, like... Go um, back and look Go back and look at old comic books. Yeah. Nostalgia is... A, if it's not done by Kirby, it probably doesn't look that great. But yeah. <laughs> yeah um nostalgia is a very tricky thing because yeah it does lend itself very heavily towards looking at things with rose-colored glasses kind of looking back on things fondly and thinking that they are a little better off than they were were in actuality oh uh, and uh you know i fall into this trap of uh you know nostalgia everybody does 
but I think uh, it's something that I I strive to be a little more mindful and try to look at things a little more objectively. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know what? This isn't exactly uh, uh, apples to apples comparison, but like when we do movie reviews yes. of things, I have a great affinity for a lot of the things that we review on here. Superhero movies, yes. that sort of thing. It would be very, very easy for me to just go and th- go, everything is great. Everything is awesome. This is a perfect movie. I like to try to look at things as objectively as possible. So you'll notice when we do reviews, I'll pick out a couple of things that I didn't like. Oh, yeah. Like there's always, I mean, nothing can be, I, I just try to be as objective as possible. Because yeah, we, 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 we always have this formula when we do our reviews. Sure. I'm I'm sure we haven't always stuck to this, but and we're, think, and we're going way off off oh, target did, on, the, yeah, yeah, on this yeah. discussion. But we're on a roll, so we might as well yeah. just keep going. We always try to do our pick out some things you liked about it, mm-hmm. and pick out some things you didn't like about it. Right, and it's it's not, and again, it's not like we're being snarky about it. But it's no. like it's it's part of being a a well rounded adult, a good reviewer, yeah, and someone who can so look at things objectively and go, okay, this is a this is a good piece of media, but it has flaws. Exactly, and we've done the same thing with Marvel movies. <laughs> uh, it's a little easier to do with DC movies right it now. It is, yeah. We've 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 had a levied against us that we are we are Marvel shills and that we don't like DC stuff. And the argument I would counter argument would be is you know DC puts out a great product and we'll like it. Wonder Woman was awesome. Exactly. The stuff from I've seen from Aquaman. Have you seen? Uh, we'll talk about this probably next week. But there is a huge uh, display of Black Manta from the Aquaman movie. No, I haven't seen for that. Bla- uh, San Diego Comic Con. I'll show you after we get done recording Ooh. the show. But it looks. Is that who Dolph Lundgren is playing? Who's Dolph Lundgren playing? Dolph Lundgren is playing an Atlantean. Oh, okay. I think he's is he playing Ocean Master? No, he's not playing Ocean Master because that's uh, Patrick uh, Wilson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but he's um, no uh, Black Manta's a black guy. Right. Right. I yeah. remember that from a uh, uh, Young Justice. Yeah. Anyway, um, I'll show you that after show. It, yeah. It's he's basically underwater Iron Man. It's great. I do. Uh, I do. I do like Black Man as a character. But yeah, I mean. But anyway, going back to the point, whatever the point may, may have been, it was Thundercats roar in lieu of rose colored glasses. Yeah. Um. You know, it's it's difficult sometimes to look at things objectively. It's uh, when you love a thing. When we when you love a thing, but. It's that's part of being a, a a responsible fan. Yes, I think I think that's I actually kind of like that term a lot. I've I responsible fan being being responsible with your fandom. And fandom that's what, responsible. Yeah, Respo- I th- responsibly. I kind of like that. I think yeah. I'm going to start using that a little more often. But uh, yeah, we should we should put that on a shirt. We probably should. <laughs> anyway, we have gone so so far over time. Yes, uh, we got to wrap things up. So uh, you've been listening to Nerd Overload. Thank you very much for tuning in. You can find us each and every day over at nerdoverload.com. You can also find us on most forms of social media if that be your thing: Facebook, Twitter, Twitch, Instagram. If you like pictures, sure, why not? We don't take many, but we probably should. We probably should. <laughs> Uh, you uh, we also have a YouTube channel at Nerd Overload TV. Right, yeah. Uh, Nerd Overload now for all the social media except yes, for YouTube. Right. You just do a search for Nerd Overload uh, for on YouTube. I know it's confusing. We're f- working on it. You can email us staff at nerdoverload.com and you can be read on the show just like we did earlier. And I promise, you know, we'll we'll get to them eventually. We always do, and we really appreciate it. Yes, feedback. We we want feedback. We definitely want feedback. Um you can also pick up the show on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, Spotify, just about anywhere else you could find a podcast. You can subscribe to our podcast. You can find us each and every Saturday locally on 1047 
at wzmofm.com. Right. Yep. And uh, yeah, I think that pretty much wraps it up. So again, thank you all for tuning in, and we will be back next week. Pizza out. <laughs>